Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzball. I am Joe the Wookie Riot. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. A place where we get to let our geek flag fly and talk about all things geek. As I've said before, this isn't an amalgamation of geek news or a comprehensive guide to all genres or the world of geekdom. Hopefully it's just a fun place to cover some geek news, comics, The Simpsons, Star Wars, and whatever randomness finds its way on the recording. But let us get started. Well, hey, hey, friends. Welcome to another Sunday solo edition of Laugh It Up Fuzzball. No za today. No friends. Uh, the Wookiee still has friends, but uh, as, as as the word solo intimates, just me and you. So really, we're not solo. We're together. We're together talking about all the news. And uh, full admission, a long, long episode probably coming. Lots of news. Hopefully, uh fixed all that mic issue. I do apologize for the last episode that, that at points it sounded like uh, I found my deep fairy white voice and uh, maybe sounded like I was at half speed. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. We were having such a good conversation. Just said uh, the, the decision was made to keep it. Although I listen to every podcast I listen to, including my own now at one and a half speed and I sounded fine. <laughs> Although I would not recommend listening to this podcast at one and a half speed, because I, I do realize that I do talk a little bit faster than some people, and uh, you don't need to get the geek news from the chipmunks. Alvin! <laughs> or Arvin! That's a, a shout-out to one of my good friends. But, uh, yeah, uh, sorry about any technical difficulties, but, yeah, lots of news. Another full admission. My internet bonkers right now. I don't I don't know why it's not working, so hopefully, you know, recording this on a, on a Sunday evening... It actually gets up tonight. If it's late, it is because I will have to have figured out the internet and find a way to uh, commandeer some internet to post uh, post said episode. But I guess uh, you'll know whether it drops, you know, on a night of Sunday or whether it drops on a Monday or a Tuesday. We shall see. But uh, yeah, busy weekend. Lots of time with the boy. It's a wife works weekend, so me and the almost two year old spend a lot of time wrestling. And being goofy and you know then i end up watching boss baby for the first and second and third time on a saturday and today watching the entire cars trilogy yes one two and three with the boy he's uh finding stuff and then saying cute words and you're like okay we'll watch this Cause especially because as much as i enjoy blues clues or bluey i've seen every one of those episodes that's available several different times so uh it is is nice that the boys allowing for some new stuff. I did actually put on uh, Into the Spider-Verse for the boy. I was like, eh, he's little enough. I don't think there's anything violent. And he was interested that My My Man, that's how he says Spider-Man, was up on the screen. I, of course, that movie, love, love, love it to pieces. But, uh, yeah, you know, he sort of sort of was interested. He got a little nervous when, like, Scorpion and uh, the, the big old monster version of the Green Goblin was up on the screen. You know, because he's a baby. <laughs> But uh, he enjoyed it and, and didn't even blink twice at Miles Morales. You know, it was just Spider-Man. He was very, very excited. And he probably saw Pete, the version of Peter Parker with a gut and was like, just like my daddy. <laughs> so that's me just rambling, but really should just get into the news because there is quite a bit courtesy of uh, some guest episodes in a row. Uh, usually I do these solo episodes like every other week. But, you know, sometimes there's there's fun stuff to talk about or guest episodes that are done for different Reasons I do thank you for indulging me, Blue and Danny, last week on just doing uh, level 250 and uh, fully filleting the podcast and talking about the stuff that we like. But I, I think other than the the Barry White microphone issues, I think it sounded really cool. 
I, uh, I enjoyed listening to it. And uh, it was nice to take a trip down memory lane and uh, refresh for myself all the great reasons why it's been a joy to have a podcast for almost five years. And uh, yeah, so we're just going to keep going. At level 251. Blue said he hopes there's 250 more levels, and uh, I guess this is the first step in it. One of 250. You're welcome, Mr. Blue. But we'll start off with the Triple F, the Fantabulous Fuzzballs Focus. It's me taking all of the news that people drop on the Laugh It Up Fuzzballs Facebook group, plug, 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 and and talk briefly about it. I don't know if this is a fire hose news per se, but uh, I may go a little bit quicker through things, just trying not to keep this at a two-hour episode little bit easier to do two hours when I've got Danny or Blue chatting away and we're having a good time. But when it's me just talking, you know, it's like, okay, I've been I've been talking in the microphone a long time. Are people still interested? I sure hope so. But uh, we'll kick it off. My buddy Ian, who's actually one of my buddies from high school, like way back in the day, shared the book Friday by Robert Heinlein, which uh, apparently predicted Wikipedia. I have not read this particular book but did make me really happy since anyone who listens regularly to the cast knows how much I love sci-fi and how much I love dystopia. Um, I do need to read this, and it is never a bad thing to to plug another episode, so I'll just say, level 225, lots of dystopia talk, science fiction talk, with me and my buddy Dan the Library Man. And uh, speaking of, me and Dan really do need to return to this topic somewhere in the future, so if you're listening, Dan, shoot me a message. How goes your master studies? Do you want to record another episode? of uh of our strange new worlds <laughs> but uh yeah that was that was a good episode and i i like people sharing things that i'm interested in so adding that book friday to a, a long list of books you would think after all the books i read in grad school that uh i would be done and although it did take me several weeks almost a month to read a star wars book just for fun after grad school was done since then i've read two three more books like in a much shorter time i actually read a biography about george washington in like a day and read a History of the Jungle Cruise book this weekend in like a day and a half, and then uh, started reading another Star Wars book, although I'm only like a third of the way into that, the third book in the Alphabet Trilogy. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Happy that Ian shared that. Uh, next round of news comes from me. First thing was, there were lot, lots of E3 news. They held their uh, online convention, so you can look up all the E3 news. I mean, my takeaways, I like seeing some news for Zelda, of the Metroid news, I'm totally maybe think of Blue, of course. Free Halo is interesting. A new Castlevania animated, a spinoff from that animated, which Blue totally loves and loves to sing the praises of. I've seen the first couple episodes. In fact, I saw those first couple episodes, as as proven out here on the podcast, before Blue even watched the show. But he's all caught up. There's a new season running currently on Netflix, and I need to catch up. Yes. I do. Uh, I also shared the idea that the Avengers are a D&D group and that the Guardians of the Galaxy are their adventure party. Really, really funny. I have a lot of friends that, that play a lot of D&D. I don't mainly because of like, time and kids and all that jazz. Well, me and uh, Darth John and Danny have been, have been talking a little bit about maybe a one-off adventure for a thing which might get recorded, might not. We'll see. Time will tell. Uh, but I think that's, that's really, really funny. And uh, I would I would strongly say to to look at the post. It's it's not buried too deep. Use the search function on the Laugh at a Fuzzballs Facebook group. Plug plug plug, and uh, maybe it'll pop up there for you to enjoy. I, I think uh, I'd have to I'd have to find it on my phone. I didn't write any more details in the show notes, but it, it really did make me smile. 
Also posted the uh, quote from James Mangold regarding Indy 5. Uh, this is coming on the heels of the Raiders' 40th anniversary, which I think was actually uh, the last solo episode I did, so three weeks ago. But he said, quote, Maybe, just maybe, I won't let you down. I cherish old Hollywood pictures. Give me a little air to make the film. Then make your judgments, okay? And, uh, you know, it doesn't really say anything about the film, anything about the script, story, ideas. But James Mangold did a really bang-up job with Logan, you know, finishing off what was going on there in the Fox X-Men franchise. And then, you know, this this might be the swan song of Indy. And uh, Harrison Ford came back, so that means, you know, it wasn't just a money grab. I'm sure he's got plenty of money if he can afford to have his own private jet. But, yeah, like, let's, let's give him a little bit of trust. Sure, Spielberg did all of the others, but, you know, we have to remember that he also did Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So, you know, Spielberg still attached to produce. Still, you know, dabbling his fingers in it, I'm quite sure. But I have every faith in James Mangold, and I, I like that, you know what I mean? He's like, just give me a chance before you, like, tear me apart. And I, I don't think that is a unfair thing to ask from a filmmaker. So I am excited for Indy 5 coming next year. I uh, also posted Brian Fuller is apparently going to be directing a Christine remake for Bloomhouse. Really good news. I'm all about the Stephen King assance. I want Stephen King in the zeitgeist in pop culture people adapting his amazing works and uh i think this is interesting you know the original movie is, is a good flick but it, it has been a long time since we got a christine movie so why not and bloomhouse does some really interesting stuff with horror and uh you know i i just i think i think it's a, a really cool idea it uh like i said it has been quite a while you know since we got that christine movie and and <laughs> You know, like, I don't know, I don't... There are some things, I guess, that I consider sacred, but, but the Christine movie is not one of them. I mean, the original movie came out in the 1980s, like, probably like 1982 or 1983. So we're, we're literally talking, like, 40 years. So it's okay. If they can remake the Dune movie, and you're okay with it, they can definitely remake the Christine movie. Uh, I also posted about Todd McFarlane is developing a Sam and Twitch TV show. These characters, of course, from a Spawn universe. I don't know a terrible lot about Sam and Twitch, other than I could do like a dive on the internet and give you a bunch of information, but their detectives are connected to the Spawn universe. And uh, the Sam and Twitch show, at one time, Kevin Smith was attached to a Sam and Twitch show, so it's been, you know, in the, in the works, so to speak. Uh, this is definitely going to be different, different showrunners, different writers. But uh, it's something that Todd McFarlane's been interested in, and I, I like it. It sort of makes me think of, like, Tad and Binks, you know what I mean, for Star Wars. Uh, but, you know, I, I, sort of not really along those lines, but along those lines. But I think it could be fun, and we'll see where, where it lands and when more information drops for it. Also posted news that really had me excited. Uh, Smallville animated sequel with the original cast, at least Tom Welling and Michael Rosenblum. So we're going to be getting, you know, Clark Kent and Lex Luthor. Uh, this came from a scoop from Tom Welling doing a cameo video for somebody and actually talking about it and saying, don't talk about it. And then, of course, it makes a new cycle, <laughs> which I think is super funny. Uh, but, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I always wonder with cameo, like, if the, if the people that are on there, like, are really hurting for money when they're doing it. But then again, I know, like, Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman do the cameo thing. It's a source of extra income. And why not? Why not build off, you know, whatever celebrity somebody has. Their, their fans want these things. And every time I see somebody gets a cameo from, like, somebody that they really enjoy or adore, it's always a cute moment. So, cool. Uh, if you want a cameo video from Tom Willing, that can actually happen. And uh, courtesy of one, we got the the good news. And animated, that's, that's perfect. You know, yes, the actors have gotten older, but their voices haven't necessarily aged along with their bodies. So... 
Right on. I mean, there were comics uh, that basically was like a season 11 of uh, the Smallville show. Yes, the Smallville show went for 10 seasons. Not a lot of people really think about that. A long, long-running show. Lasted longer than Arrow. Just saying. I <laughs> It's a show I just really enjoyed the piss out of. Uh, I like the Superman mythos, and I especially like them telling a story about Superman that wasn't about the blue tights. I, uh, I appreciated that that was like basically how the show ended. But in lots of Kryptonian lore and... Baga, baga, baga. And beautiful people, you know what I mean? I was younger. But <laughs> it's basically the CW before the CW, right? When it was on the WB. Hello, my lady. Hello, my darling. I am a frog who sells television about cock, not about Superman. <laughs> like, oh, no. Wookie is already singing, and we're not even 15 minutes in the podcast. You know if you listen. It's a... Uh, you're just uh, at the mercy of my whims and my silliness. But this is good news. I'm excited. I don't know if this is going to happen after the comic stuff or uh, if it will replace the comic stuff or maybe even adapt the comic stuff. But uh, I think it's cool, and uh, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm very excited for it. I was really excited when Smallville got the nods in uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths for the DCW. So, you know, that's just me. Uh, what else we got? There's a Halo live action that's getting new showrunners, directors, and a platform from uh, switching from Showtime to Paramount Plus. And uh, hey, I enjoy those Halo games. I had no idea that there was even a Halo live action that was getting bounced around between showrunners and directors and platforms, but apparently it happened and now Paramount Plus is uh, looking to uh, add to their content and their their viewers and streams and subscriptions with uh, with this content. And it's, it's smart because lots and lots of people love that Halo game. Millions of people played it. So why not? I, I remember actually enjoying the Into the Dawn, that little little movie that they made for Halo and thinking it was fun. You know, seeing the Master Chief in live action and I was like, cool. So who knows? I don't have any more information about it. But it's very interesting. I also dropped uh, The Simpsons, The Good, The Bard, and The Loki short came out on July 7th. I actually saw it on uh, Disney Plus today when my internet was semi-cooperating. Uh, then it took a crap after Cars 3. And I've not been able to watch it yet. But this is good synergy. Disney and The Simpsons. The Simpsons love to skewer pop culture. And they have free range of like all of the Disney stuff. The, the Maggie Star Wars short was <laughs> super, super cute. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this, you know, and I'm, I'm sure I'll talk about it at some point when I do get the chance. Also posted the Star Wars The High Republic Wave 2 teaser. Uh, basically, eight more books and comics. Uh, wow, they're already in Wave 2. Wave 1 has happened, and I have not read one page. Uh, I have seen a couple panels online. Really, really behind. Uh, but, yeah, I'll catch up at some point, and I know some people that have, have enjoyed some of the books so there you go. Uh, if you've enjoyed the books, hey, more. If you haven't read the books, hey, catch up, but more. <laughs> uh, and if you're never going to read them, hey, it doesn't matter, right? Hey. I also posted the news about the Star Wars Old Republic MMO game is getting a Legacy of the Sith expansion for holiday 2021. Holy Sith. If that was your game, cool. Ten years later, still getting love. Yes, Dan the Library Man, I agree. Classic game a decade later? I don't know. I don't know how those, the, the classic label really works for video games. Uh, but I do know a lot of people that enjoyed that Old Republic game. Um, it's right in that same universe as KOTOR. And I hold KOTOR so near and dear to my heart. Both the first and the second one. Uh, the first one, obviously, is the better of the two. But they're both very, very enjoyable games. And uh, you're, you're getting more. And uh, hey, 
I didn't even know that MMO people still played it a decade later, but apparently enough people do that they're doing some sort of expansion. Also posted the trailer for Disney's Encanto. Uh, this comes out November 2021. Uh, computer animated movie along the lines of Moana or Frozen or Ryan the Last Dragon. But Encanto getting some enchanted action in uh, what I presume is South America. And uh, it is all about everybody's enchanted except for the one girl. And, uh, and whatever that leads to, whatever adventures. But also music by Lin-Manuel Miranda, which worked very well for Moana. So, yeah. I think, uh, like I said, it reminds me of uh, working a shift at the Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. Where everything in the Tiki Room, in the lanai to the show, is enchanted. Except for you, the normal person in the cool Hawaiian shirt waking up Jose. But then he, he doesn't even, he misidentifies your gender and calls you senorita. And then you have to deal with that for the next 14 minutes. But you get over it and then it starts over in a vicious cycle. No. <laughs> I really don't have any strong feelings as such. Although I do really, really love Walt Disney's Enchanted Room. But when I saw the, the poster for it and I saw the door and the red bird, I was like, it's a Tiki Room movie. It's not, but is it, is it not? I, I don't know. Uh, hopefully this doesn't lead to a California overlay of Encanto into the Tiki Room. I, uh, I hope that being a, a classic attraction, one of the last things really with Walt's fingerprints all over it, it'll be near and dear and untouched. But then some people know about a Tiki Room under new management in Florida, which uh, best left forgotten, but it happened. So Encanto, November, this year, excitement. Uh, with Lin-Manuel Miranda involved, What's not to be excited for? Also posted the trailer for What If? And uh, holy hell, I'm so excited for this to be the next thing. You know, after Loki that we get to enjoy, we have a uh, we get to you know bask in uh, the Black Widowness and uh, and let Loki sink in. But then in August we get to enjoy some What If? And the trailer has so much Killmonger and Stark right there. That opening scene of Iron Man and and What If? Tony Stark was rescued by Eric Killmonger when he was part of the Special Forces. And what would that mean for the future of the MCU if that had happened? Captain Carter. Yeah, Peggy Carter. Rockin' rockin' Cap. I I think that would be amazing. T'Challa as Star-Lord with Yondu and the Guardians. You got Thor versus Ultrons and uh, the Guardians at the Battle of New York. And Loki leading Asgardian army and Howard the Duck and Doctor Strange and Marvel Zombies. I mean, I would be all about this just for the fact that this is the last voice work of Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, but I am so, so on board for this animated version of the comics, which the the What If comics are so incredibly fun. They're very, very fun. And uh, I like that they're, you know, using the Watcher and, and doing these What If stories. It falls very much in line with stuff we know from, like, Endgame and especially with details that have come out with Loki without me, like, talking about spoilers so yeah yeah and even a little bit with like wandavision like this is a this is a a nice nice thing and nothing in the mcu happens by accident uh with the exception of like the coronavirus and what that did to like delays and shows and everything that that potentially could be accident but the way it's worked out seems quite well like it was almost planned it's weird but don't go blaming kevin feige for coronavirus i'm sure he had absolutely nothing to do with it (laughs) but uh, i am very excited for what if and uh what if you watched it what if you enjoyed it what if uh, i also posted Zack snyder is making a star wars and kurosawa inspired movie called rebel moon he even cheekily discussed uh, hoping for a new universe of films and uh, the article does point out that this movie was originally a pitch that he made to lucasfilm 10 years ago this would be lucasfilm pre-disney 
And um, I'm not sure if they sat on it and then gave it back to him or if they passed on it. Definitely in the Disney era, they probably passed on it, especially with uh, as much as Zack was connected to the DC Universe and, you know, Disney and Marvel. But, you know, whenever you come up with an idea, that doesn't mean it just disappears. You just sit on it. And, you know, the Netflix, he has a very good relationship with them, especially doing Army of the Dead. And now... Now he gets to to make his own Star Wars movie that's not connected to the Star Wars universe, which who knows what that amount of freedom will allow. I mean, Zack Snyder is one of those directors you either love his stuff or you hate his stuff. Uh, I I mean I'm I think I'm mostly positive with some of the stuff that he's done, but uh, it is interesting, you know, when he took the the DC you know toy box and like did his own thing. How I felt about how he like treated character and story. But this isn't him using anybody's toys. Like I said in the post, it's quite literally like, they're like, you can't play in the Star Wars sandbox. Don't touch my toys. And it was like, fine. But I've got like Han Slolo and and Princess Playa uh, that I got from, you know, these Korean knockoff toys, right, with my, uh, my Spooder Man. And uh, I'm just going to play my own Star Wars game, but I'm going to call it Slaw Wallace. <laughs> or rebel moon like put rebel in the title just like grab you by the testes and be like ha playing with my toys but using your story and uh <laughs> we'll see how it turns out netflix throws lots of money at things uh, i thought that army of the dead movie looked very very good it was fun and uh, it'll be interesting to see Zack snyder playing in uh Playing the sandbox with somebody else's toys, you know what I mean? With with Han slow low, <laughs> slow and low. That's what he's doing. He's just gonna Star Wars, but slow and low in the corner of the sandbox. And you know, if you've been a Star Wars fan long enough, you can remember when it wasn't exactly the coolest thing. There might have been other kids that like Star Wars, like you, became your best friends, and you had lots of good time. But not everybody thought you were so cool for enjoying Star Wars. And uh, who knows? You know if. if Snyder does a good enough job, and enough people watch it and talk about it, and then it leads to more movies. Who knows? I, I don't think it could ever compete, because Star Wars is just this crazy monolithic entity that, like, absorbs all, and all we love Star Wars. Um, and, and obviously Zack Snyder's one of them, and has found a way to play in the universe while not playing in the universe. He's playing in the Ooliverse. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop it, adding L, just to create new words. Because uh, the Wolookie... Uh, that just doesn't sound right. Uh, next news. Uh, yeah, well, I guess I should just say that that Zack Snyder news. You know, news is interesting when it gets double posted. I did not see that Danny dropped the news right before me, uh, but that is a good segue to our semi-official news mofo, Mr. Danny the Deuce. That uh, is the other big batch of news here in the the um, Fantabulous Fuzzballs focus. Um, what did he have first? Batman hits um, the headlines. <laughs> With uh, the news that maybe he doesn't give a head. <laughs> it was such weird news basically coming uh, from comments from the Harley Quinn showrunners. I'm just going to quote them. They said, quote, a perfect example of that is in the third season of Harley when we had a moment when Batman was going down on Catwoman. And DC was like, you can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. They're like, heroes don't do that. So we said, are you saying heroes are just selfish lovers? And they were like, no. It's that we sell consumer toys for heroes. And it's hard to sell a toy. If Batman is also going down on someone, and while I will—that's the end of the quote. But while I will completely agree, uh, selling a, a toy of Batman going down on Catwoman probably not going to sell, except to a very niche group of friends. Um, but it does make you think, wonder what the corporate boardroom 
and uh, is is really like understanding about comics first first and foremost they they need to be very wary of these Harley Quinn showrunners because uh, they're clever with words and they're getting they're getting the news hits and they're doing a very irreverent and fun job with that uh, Harley Quinn animated on on the Hippo Max. But uh, yeah, yeah. Does Batman go down? Of course he goes down. I think we talked about this a little bit, me and Danny, on on previous episodes, especially on uh, Danny's overrated episode, which would have been two forty seven, I believe, uh, where we talked about Batman being overrated. So, I, I think yeah, Batman's a man whore. I'm sure. I'm sure he goes down. Catwoman just yeah I'm I'm gonna stop because I'm just gonna get dirty and there's no need for that so yes I think uh, I think if Batman doesn't go down because he chooses not to go down because he's Batman he's been with some very strong women who probably uh, changed his mind <laughs> so yeah that's that's about all I gotta say about that Danny also posted the Ragnar Lothbrok versus Richard the Lionheart epic rap battles of history I I. I love these epic rap battles of history, and I, I love it even more when they actually do pseudo, you know, historical battles, you know, which is how it, it all started before it went, like, really wild pop culture. Of course, Ragnar Lothbrok, you know, most people know of him because of the Viking show. Okay, but still based on a historical figure, where most people know Richard the Lionheart, probably from uh, the Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie or a different Robin Hood movie, so... Yeah, both historical characters, and I enjoyed it. it. It made me chuckle when I was in my undergrad for history. Uh, medieval Britain was actually something I took many, many classes on. So uh, it, it, it hit me in the funny bone. I enjoyed it, and and uh, you can enjoy it too. Look it up if you like. Danny also posted the news of finally, after, after forever and a day, Carrie Fisher finally receiving a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in the class of 2022, so next year. Uh, she's she's joining a really great group of people: Hugh McGregor, Macaulay Culkin, Willem Dafoe, Salma Hayek, Michael B. Jordan, Regina King, Ray Liotta, Jason Momoa, Hell Yeah, Tessa Thompson, Francis Ford Coppola, Ming Na Wen, Bob Odenkirk, Norman Reedus, Gene Smart, Keenan Thompson, and Greg Berlanti of the Arrowverse. Lots of lots of great people, but most importantly, our princess finally getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And it'd be nice to you know go to Scum and Villain Cantina and walk along and find. Carrie Fisher star and pay tribute to uh, to royalty. <laughs> I think uh, it's, it's really good news and and whoever organized you know the thing because that's the way the the stars on the Walk of Fame work. Hats off to them. That's a uh, really cool and it'll be interesting to see if they actually announce when they're going to have the dedication ceremony and who's going to be the person running it. Uh, hopefully it's Mark Hamill and uh, hopefully even Han Solo comes out of gruffy plane retirement from after recovering from all his assorted injuries from playing Indiana Jones one last time and uh, pay tribute to Carrie Fisher. I think that's really cool. Danny also posted the new Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad trailer from the horribly beautiful mind of James Gunn and every single one of these trailers of Suicide Squad look great. I don't need to see any more trailers to make me excited for watching this movie. Even more excited that I got to watch it on the Hippo Max. <laughs> Uh, one, one more poke on my phone plan. But uh, I'm, I, I'll be honest, I really am enjoying getting to see all these films on uh, on on television instead of going to a movie theater. I think uh, it sort of, sort of feels like I've been ruined for movie theaters. But also being a dad and a husband and, and working and whatnot, it does make it easier to be able to watch things from home. Got a big enough screen in my living room that I, I, I think it would be better to see it in a cinema. Yes. But uh, I don't. I don't feel like I'm missing out completely by watching it at home on my television, where I can pause, 
or, or watch it in installments or, you know, pay attention to my kids. <laughs> and I'll be like, hey, babe, I'll be back. I'm going to be gone for three hours because I'm going to the cinema, which I have not done yet. Might actually be doing for the first time at the end of this month for another little movie that has to do with the job that I do. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm really excited. And Starro and King Shark and more for Idris Elba's character who literally is like the replacement for Will Smith, it feels like, in the trailer. And that's okay because Deadshot's still around. He's not not been killed. He could be used in future iterations if they if James Gunn wanted to do more. Somebody else with a, a horribly beautiful mind wanted to work on it. But yeah, just just looks all sorts of loverly, and I'm excited for it. Danny also posted the news of a real goblin glider seen in the skies in New York City. Uh, I did an internet dive on this, and while I could not find the video of uh, of this particular glider over the skies in New York City, did find gliders made uh, by the French uh, four years ago to people doing them now and maybe that's the future maybe maybe there comes a day where you just see people flying around on their little foot gliders and and hoping that they don't turn into villains <laughs> and thankful that oscorp doesn't exist although i'm sure there's super shady paramilitary organizations that do uh so yeah hopefully there's just uh genetically altered spider children to defeat them <laughs> in in said dystopian future but why does it have to be dystopian it could just be normal and just a little sad right it doesn't have to be crazy it uh could just be superheroes in real life and then uh i just hope that there's a newsman like j jonah jameson to to keep them honest <laughs> Uh, or, or maybe, or even like newsmen like Perry White, although that's DC and not Marvel. Uh, yeah, great, great Caesar's ghost. <laughs> uh, there's other news from Danny Transformers: Rise of the Beast, July 29th. Uh, I, I was confused at first. I thought this had to do with Joseph's uh, news and the latest news dump of the animated edition uh, that Hasbro is doing, but apparently Hasbro is all about Beast Wars content, and the next iteration of a live action uh, Transformers movie will be will be uh, Beast Wars with uh, with uh, Optimus Primal and, and all the characters that I talked about in the last one. So, yeah. Hey, that's uh, that's interesting news. Like, lots of Beast Wars, and that's something I enjoyed as a kid. So, so yeah, it, it's coming. Uh, Daniel's posting news of Scarlett Johansson in a Tower of Terror movie. And, yeah, I, I mean, apparently she likes uh, working for the mouse. She enjoys the money from the mouse. And uh, they still have a Tower of Terror in Florida that is uh, based on uh, the Twilight Zone. So, or maybe this is their their way where they could finally change Florida to just be based off the movie. Since, you know, California's version of Tower of Terror became the Guardian's mission breakout attraction. And the Tower of Terror that they have in Tokyo Disney Sea never was connected to the Twilight Zone stuff. Is actually connected to the society of it. Explorers and Adventures with a high tower hotel and uh, an accursed idol, which has to do with colonialism and and, and war spoils and, and all that jazz. But that's neither here nor there. They're making the Tower of Terror movie with ScarJo, and we don't know much more than that, but it's happening. And hooray, that Tower of Terror movie that they did for the actual, like, you know, uh, Twilight Zone-inspired one was actually a really fun movie. I, I, I really enjoyed it. If uh, it was available to watch, it might be on the Disney Plus. I should check. But uh, I would watch it again. It, uh, my my ex-wife's mom had a copy of it, and I watched it and really enjoyed it. So uh, hopefully it is as good or different enough that uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Danny also posted the Harder They Fall trailer for Netflix. 
I agree with Danny. I am all for Westerns and having Idris Elba, Jonathan Majors, Delroy Lindo, Lakeith Stanfield, Zazie Beetz, and Regina King. That is a murderer's row of talent. Fall 2021. I, I'm, you know, I got some black exploitation vibes. I don't know that that's a bad thing. And it's a, a Western and it's people of color. And hell yeah. I, uh, I really think this could be really, really interesting. So I'm excited for it to drop and to watch it and then have a, a, a real in, uh, enlightened opinion about said movie. Uh, Danielle's posted Lily Collins in a Polly Pocket movie directed by Lena Dunham. You know, I, I know what Polly Pocket is. I saw the commercials. I never, never enjoyed it because uh, it was catered towards uh, the opposite gender of children than me. But uh, yeah, why, why not? Like I said in the comments, uh, they're actually, oh, now I can't even think of it. I'm always always messing up. A Holly Hobby or something like that. Actually, Heather's best friend's niece is an actress and was in that show, which got a second season, and also in The Unicorn, which got a second season. So I, I would always get confused. They'd be like, yeah, she's in that Polly Pocket thing. And Heather would be like, no, it's this thing. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> which means I don't know any difference between Polly Pocket and the other thing, which might be Holly Hobby. But uh, hey, if people like Polly Pocket and it's done well, I mean, Lena Dunham has a fan base and uh, I'm, I'm sure is interested in some way, shape, or form. There are a lot of creatives in Hollywood attaching themselves to a lot of nostalgia properties right now. And uh, I, don't, I don't know that that's a bad thing. I am all for original content, but I think there, uh, it's something to be said for uh, ticking some of that nostalgic stuff and bringing it to a new audience and you know, making my children, I guess, nostalgic for it in the future. Does that mean my boys are going to want to see a Polly Pocket movie? I don't know if they want to. We'll go see it with them, I'm sure. <laughs> and especially if it's on a streamer, much more likely to be watched in uh, Casa de Wookie. Danielle also posted, Madam Xanadu is going to be a Hibbo Max series from J.J. Abrams and Angela Robinson. More characters from the Justice League Dark Universe, which really just has me excited for J.J. dabbling his fingers all over the Justice League Dark, you know, with news of Justice League Dark, as well as John Constantine. Uh, yeah, and Madam Xanadu is an interesting character, and, and hopefully that just falls into this entire, I don't want to say Dark Universe, but I guess that's kind of sort of what they're doing for DC could be good and uh, we'll, we'll see also Danny posted the news that Dune is delayed by three weeks it now comes out October 22nd okay uh, that is a movie that did get removed from the Hibble Max slate so that's a movie if I want to see it, I'm going to have to go see it in theaters and uh, could be the next movie that actually gets me out of the house to go see a movie because I know Danny really wants to go see it and that would be fun to go blue and Danny to enjoy some Dune enjoy some Dune and see uh See what Denny Villeneuve brings to the to the movie. I uh, I really am looking forward to it. Denny also did post the news that Ron Perlman is going to voice Optimus Primal in the Rise of the Beast film. He is reprising voice work from the animated Transformer Powers of the Prime, where he played Optimus Primal. Uh, based on the movie is described as a 90s globetrotting adventure. Uh, Darian did drop this news as well for Ron Perlman voicing the character. Peter Cullen will still voice Optimus Prime from the other live actions, which is a completely different character if you were curious. But yes, getting more than one Prime in this uh, Rise of the Beast film, which hopefully is much better than the, the Transformers film that Blue had such a epic, epic rant about it. You can hear him rant a little bit about it on the on the 250th level right before this one. But then uh, I think in the show notes I actually dropped which level it was, although I'm not sure if it's one of the ones that's available on Anchor. Uh, anywho, yeah. Yeah, hopefully it's better than that. But if it's not... 
I guess the good news is we'll get another really good blue rant. <laughs> so maybe we want it to be bad because that's really funny. I don't know. I, I hope for, for the sake of people that are much, much more invested in Transformers than I am that it all ends up well. Ron Perlman has a very good voice, so there you go. Danny also posted uh, the Tyronicon Rex and Autopod JP93 figures. Uh, is basically a uh, Jurassic Park Jeep and a robot that turns into a T-Rex. $104.99 pre-order on Amazon. There will be a second release on December 1st, and I mentioned the second release because it is sold out on pre-order on Amazon. I wasn't going to buy it, but I did check, and it was sold out. So December 1st, they'll, they'll re-release these. They look cool. I mean, it's it's a great tie-in for Jurassic Park. So yeah, cool. Uh, Danny also posted, based on an upcoming Lego set, uh, Lucasfilm is removing the Slave 1 name of Boba Fett Starship. Danny also shared that fanboys are already petitioning to stop this. I'm just going to stop and say, if you go to, to level 250, where we talk all about stuff we like on the podcast, I ranted about this. Ranted about my thoughts about Slave 1's name changing, and I don't have anything more to add. I, I stick to my original opinion. I, uh, I'm not invested in this. I don't care. There you go. Uh, Danny posted Good Omens. is getting a second season on Amazon Prime with Neil Gaiman involved. It's sort of interesting because uh, that first season was based off the only book that exists for this material. So Neil Gaiman will be, have to be involved with the scriptwriters to write a completely new story following the angel and the demon who are unlikely friends and averted the apocalypse. But apparently the, you know, the, the beast is still alive and uh, apocalypse could always happen. And hopefully John Hamm's madman, angel, Gabriel or Michael or whatever angel he played comes back. Cause that was a, a fun dynamic. And I would like to see more from the hell spawn and, and all that. And what goes down They're shooting, I think entirely in Scotland, if I remember reading right. But yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward to more and Amazon prime obviously liked however well good omens did and they want more. Other good news, The Old Guard on Netflix renewed for a second season. That is uh, something that I saw the film before I read the comics. And then I went and bought both the comics that were available, the compendiums. Uh, the, the first volume is the movie that was is on Netflix right now. Really, really good. Super awesome. Really enjoyed it. The second compendium, the second volume, is presumably what will go down for the second film. It is really, really also very enjoyable. And uh, I... Am excited for more. I think uh, I think this is a very good mood, M- not mood. A good move. Move words are important. Danny also posted Cap's 80th anniversary is getting some rad variant covers. Uh, the article Danny posted is totally worth checking out to see Iron Man, Spider Woman, Miles Morales, Moon Knight, Black Cat, Black Widow, the Fantastic Four, and Jane Foster in Cap inspired outfits. I shared the Moon Knight one on my Instagram. If you want to see it, that's at Wookie Riot. Remember, Wookie is two E's. And, uh, yeah, that was the one I liked the most out of it. And uh, nice to see, you know, Cap Love. Always good to see some Cap Love because that's America's ass. <laughs> Daniel's posted Mortal Kombat Legends Battle of the Rams trailer. Uh, this is an animated movie that is available for purchase August 31st. It is uh, all-out R-rated war. I mean, it's WB, so we can't hope for a Hippo Max release somewhere after that. But this animated does look violent. I heard the words finish him and fatality, so I, I'm interested in what could be a very violent and bloody animated movie. I, I'm, I'm not crazy into the lore and war of Mortal Kombat. I, I enjoyed that movie that came out as much as you can enjoy a movie like that that came out. I had some questions about plot and choices, but you know, 
neither here nor there. Uh, hopefully this animated is more in line with uh, the stuff that people really like from the video games, <laughs> which I have not played since the second or third one came out. So, you know, there you go. Apparently there is another Mortal Kombat movie that came out before that, which I also have not seen. So there you go. Danny posted George Romero's Night of the Living Dead is getting an animated remake from WB Home Entertainment. <laughs> sort of like Danny said, something that I did not know I was interested in. Uh, that original movie is a classic, although when you go back and watch it, as, as great as the social commentary and the performances are, it's a little dated, especially compared to some of Romero's later stuff. Um, so yeah, we'll see what the, the animated remake entails, and as long as they stick to the original story, It'll be really fun, and uh, I hope they stick to the, the commentary on race and social conditions that were in the first one, you know, and that's that's all I got to say about that. Danny also posted the Masters of the Universe Revelation official trailer. Uh, the first trailer was just to, you know, get you hyped and show you stuff. This is a story trailer, and as Kevin Smith said, uh, the story trailer basically gives you an outline of what's going on in the show uh, without spoiling everything and hot to hug everything being shown for this July 23rd Netflix show just looks so damn good hits me right in the nostalgia and it's it's the 11th of July right now like literally 12 days before you can watch Motu Revelation and uh, just relive your childhood and enjoy the hell out of it and it just looks wonderful and great and uh, I didn't need a trailer to get me more on board but it didn't get me any less on board so that is good <laughs> Danny also posted that the Tomorrow War movie on Amazon is getting a sequel. Already in the works. I have not seen the film on Amazon. In fact, I actually wanted to watch it today, which is how I sort of found out that my internet was being cuckoo bananas. But uh, yeah, it's getting a sequel. And uh, that means Amazon is very happy with how the film did for their streamer. That, that basically, you know, whether that doesn't say the movie was good, doesn't say the movie was bad. Uh, but I think Danny did tell me that he enjoyed watching it. So there you go. He doesn't know how they're going to do a sequel. But that doesn't mean that they can't do a good sequel. I'm sure uh, if they already there, that means that the creators already had an idea of what they were going to do. And Amazon is on board. And, and Jeff Bezos likes the money. And the people that work for him like the money. So they're going to throw some money at it. And hopefully for them make more money. And all of us can enjoy it. And uh, I guess everybody wins, although the people that are strict adherence to capitalism probably win more. But that's okay, I guess. I don't know. This isn't a social commentary. This is the fun geek podcast, so I'll leave it there. Danny also posted, Silverhawks, getting a renewal. Woo, or a revival. Hey, I think this really falls in line. They've really tried to do lots of stuff with Thundercats. I haven't seen all the new iterations of Thundercats, um, but yeah. You know, and then because of Thundercats, I have no doubt that's how Kevin Smith got involved in Masters of the Universe and the revival there um, with Revelation. And so now Silverhawks, you know, if you watch Thundercats, then it was a real easy switch to go over to Space and Silverhawks and Banjo and all of them. So, yeah, uh, they're going to do a revival. It's going to be animated. And hopefully it's really good. Uh, it is not the, the same studios that were involved with Thundercats or Motu. So we shall see question marks uh, not a lot of information but cool if you're a big fan of silverhawks which i really enjoyed it when i was a kid my friend peter had all the toys and we really enjoyed playing silverhawks in his bedroom when we were much smaller fuzzy hominids uh that moves on to some news from joseph he posted that john wick chapter four added westworld immortal combat actor hiroyuki sanada so if uh you enjoy the actor which uh, i've enjoyed you know what he did in both those movies uh westworld i think is of course a lot better but uh, Mortal Kombat, I liked what he brought to the film, and uh, yeah, they're just they're just adding lots of great martial, talented martial arts folks and actors 
to the film, which just makes you more excited for John Wick Chapter 4. You know what I mean? You get more than just Keanu busting his ass and doing some great stunts at an older age, but you're going to get to see lots of other really badass human beings joining it. You know, from Donnie Yen to Hiroyuki Sonata. Exciting. Uh, Joseph also posted uh, the Star Wars Vision special look. This comes out September 22nd on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and it has come out that the shorts are going to be non-canon, which I actually like since it does provide so much more freedom for the creators. But uh, it's really interesting. It's like seven different studios, uh, eight shorts, and will probably come out in one fell swoop as a movie. And, uh, I, you know, all this Japanese stuff originally inspired George Lucas, you know, with the, the Kurosawa stuff. But I, I think it's neat. I like that, um, you know, there's so many, like, you know, people who love... I almost said Japanimation, but love anime, love Astro Boys. So they're doing something that's all Astro Boy, but it also looks like they're doing like samurai stories. And uh, there's even like a, a rock opera on Tatooine, which is the one that has uh, Boba Fett and, and Jabba the Hutt involved. There's just so much. And ever since I heard about this, I was excited. And now that I know it's it's really not using all of the the toys that we've come to love and just, you know, taking inspiration from it, you know, a, a, a movie franchise that takes inspiration that later is inspired. The original inspiration is inspired by, you know, the creation from the inspiration. And, and now it's just, wow, super meta and all over the place. And it's, what a wild and wonderful web of a world we live in. You know what I mean? So yeah, Joseph also shared the Witcher season two trailer, which uh, I'm I'm on board for it. I really enjoyed that first season of The Witcher. I know Blue really enjoyed it as well. I, I watching the trailer. I don't know exactly what's going on other than you know Geralt's ward is going to be a big part of all the stuff. I'm not sure they're if they're going to do the back and forth timelines like they did with the first season. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get more for Yennefer. Her name is mentioned in the trailer, and we we don't have terribly long to wait. December seventeenth. So uh, when, when right before Christmas, you're going to get an early Christmas present and get all of the seasons of uh, or all of the episodes of season two of The Witcher because that's how Netflix rolls out still. Uh, and yeah, cool. Get to follow Geralt of Rivia and uh, enjoy more in The Witcher universe, and I'm excited for it. Kyle, my good friend Kyle, posted a really rad Beastie Boys intergalactic mashup with Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. And that was just a, a joy, a joy to watch. <laughs> Worked out so good. Really, really surprising how those two matched up so well. And uh, thank you, Kyle. It, it brought a little joy to me and to the Laugh at a Fuzzballs Facebook group. Plug, plug, plug. Jay Parsons, welcome to the news cycle, good sir. He did post the news that Rachel Zegler has been cast to lead a live-action Snow White directed by Mark Webb. Uh, this actress is from 500 Days of Summer and The Amazing Spider-Man. She's of Colombian and Polish descent. She is a Jersey girl. And... Uh, Interesting, you know. I mean, I sort of, I sort of dig that they're like, we don't, we don't need a Snow White character to play Snow White. You know what I mean? There's more to the story than just a, a physical representation. And uh, it, 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 you know, why not? We'll have to wait to see more. But uh, exciting, yeah. Why not? Rachel Zegler, I, I, I enjoyed her in those two movies that I mentioned. I'm sure, she's been in more. And uh, we will see what this Jersey girl brings to Snow White. Uh, hopefully not a Jersey accent. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Corey posted the new Shang-Chi trailer. So many rings. Uh, no hedgehogs, but so many rings. And holy heck, does this really look good, including Mother Truck and Abomination and Wu, which has been confirmed by Feige. Also, Fing Fang Foom underwater? Uh, if that is Fing Fang Foom, I'm going to lose it. And uh, the trailer just added more and, and has me excited for the film in September. 
really, really cool. Uh, I though I, I say Shang Chi, but I have heard some some podcasters say the actual Chinese pronunciation would be Shang Chi. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I would have to talk to other people that know more about it than me. But uh, no matter how you say it, the movie's coming, and let's be excited. Corey also posted the trailer for the Clifford the Big Red Dog movie, which also comes out in September. Wow, that big, gigantic red live-action puppy uh, and a family and hijinks. And uh, I, I don't, I've read some Clifford the Big Red Dog books as a child and to my children, uh, but apparently they found enough of a story to do something. You know, I, I get some Paddington vibes where you're like, really, they're making a Paddington movie? And that movie just turns out doggone lovely, pardon the pun. So we we shall see if the big dog brings the big guns and the big heart and uh it's enjoyable and uh this probably will be one of those movies i don't see in the theater i see when it's available wherever it ends up streaming uh but yeah why not clifford the big red dog why not ryan shared a great pic of his little muggle wearing a laugh at a fuzzball onesie in fairness i did gift this to the baby since my great friend Alyssa of uh TSTO Addicts made them for Shawnee and then the little ones just they grow too fast so uh re-gifted it or spread it along the way to uh to my good friend Ryan who welcome back to the to the Facebook page and to listen well I guess hopefully you're listening to the podcast the whole time but welcome back to the face group page face group page face group book <laughs> to the Facebook group uh and uh yeah laugh it up fuzzball the parental obligation that's uh that's basically what that onesie should be called merchandising the parental obligation it's exciting cute baby josh shared a really funny post about norwegian gods and marvel talking like minnesotans <laughs> which is oh wow uh imagining thor and odin and loki talking like minnesotans i almost married a lady from minnesota and uh her her family did talk like minnesotans and uh you know basically if you have any memories of the show bobby's world that is not inaccurate i know all about the minnesota wave don't you know and uh thor oh you betcha uh you can watch the movie fargo as well if you want to hear hear uh, an accent along those lines and thankfully uh in the mcu they didn't lean into that accuracy darian shared the news that uh judd nelson's iconic fist pump at the end of the breakfast club was improv hey Really, really good improv, just like Indiana Jones shooting the guy, swinging the scimitars. Sometimes some of the the moments that you really love from a movie are just a very talented actor doing things for whatever reason. He also shared a great image for the 4th of July, uh, sharing the 100-year anniversary of the Overlook Hotel Bar, or Hotel Ball, which uh, we do know that bad dad uh, Jack Torrance uh, ends up, you know, forever in that Overlook Hotel Ball, which will later be visited uh, by by uh, characters in Ready Player One, although it'll be dancing zombies and not people in a picture. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it was neat. I, I like when those those little dates like match up with stuff, and it, it is the 100 year anniversary of a date in a film. Uh, so yeah, cool. The last uh, little thing, Justin, another buddy from high school. I guess we're bookending it with Ian and Justin, friends from high school. A rest in peace for Richard Donner. Sad, 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 sad. But he he passed away at the age of 91, which uh, is Kevin Smith and uh, Ralph Garman would say is a whole bucket of wind that is a whole lot of years. And uh, what a filmography. I mean, the director of Superman 1 and 2, Lethal Weapon 1 through 4 involvement, uh, The Goonies, Scrooged, Maverick, episodes of The Twilight Zone and Gilligan's Island, The Omen, 
man, he, he just did so many great things. Most famously, uh, he made you believe a man could fly and brought Christopher Reeves and into uh, the blue and red tights and, uh, and brought a Superman. And uh, coming on the hills of, of losing, you know, uh, the actor Otis, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, these sort of things happen. But 91, if I can live 91 years and enjoy all my family, I will be a happy Wookiee when I'm all done. And hopefully there's something really cool that I've done where people are like, man, he just wouldn't stop doing that laughing at Fuzzball podcast. He was an old gray Wookiee and still talking about geeky shit. And uh, and, a, and a decent amount of his, his friends were still listening and... Uh, and then he moved on to whatever it is awesome that he did, whether it's teaching history at community college or whatever the future holds. But yeah, that is everything from the Laugh It Up Fuzzball uh, Facebook group, plug, 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 the Fantabulous Fuzzball Focus, the Triple F, and uh, lots and lots of news. But we are not done because uh, we, we got we to gotta talk about some Star Wars stuff. So we're going to move over to Let the Wiki Win. And talk all about some Star Wars news. And wow, so we're already we're already bordering on getting close to the hour mark. So we are we are probably going to transition to some Firehose news. There's like nine Star Wars stories and like thirteen other geeky stuff to talk about. So if you don't know what Firehose news is, basically long and short, uh, it's my tribute to the classic seminal movie UHF starring Weird Al Yankovic with Stanley Spadowski. Who says, "Who wants to drink from the fire hose?" And little boy gets wheeled over on the the little uh <laughs> you know coin operated horse and when the fire hose hits him he goes flying away and uh, that's just to say that fire hose news is where lots and lots of news is thrown at you really really fast and uh I'll, I'll probably throw some comments about it but the long and short is if you really want to know more probably would behoove you to jump on your own interweb machine which hopefully is better internet than mine currently and uh and find out more but let's just dive into the star wars stuff let's see We've got Tamara Morrison teased info on Boba Fett's past for the book of Boba Fett. Hey, more information is going to be coming for the show dropping in December. And uh, and and what Tamara Morrison says always interests me and uh, is, is worth worth a look. Clone Wars Season 7 was nominated for three Emmys in writing, music, direction, and sound mixing. Hooray! Love to see Season 7 of the Clone Wars getting some love. And hopefully the Bad Batch gets some love because it has really great stuff in all those avenues as well as performances and some other things. Delray Books has announced some more um, non-canon books joining the availability. So uh, you've got the second two Thrawn books from uh, Timothy Zahn, Heir to Empire coming out, the second Darth Bane book, and uh, Rogue Squadron book one. All of these extended universe books are going to release September 7th. There's more that's coming out spring 2022, which does make me think, you know, probably somewhere in the future we're going to be getting some stuff for Darth Bane or Thrawn, and it's, we already know we're getting Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron movie. So yeah, these books, I don't think the release is coincidental, I guess is all I'm saying. We uh, found out the news of some of the Acolyte writers for uh, for uh, Leslie Headland's Star Wars show have, have never even seen Star Wars, so her writer's room is you know, full of super fan boys and girls, and also some people that just really have never seen Star Wars and are bringing uh, their, own, their own new takes on it, and I think... Uh, this purposeful decision, showrunner Leslie Headland did say it was purposeful, does does mark interesting for uh, for the Star Wars show when it comes out on the Disney Plus. Did get news that the Obi-Wan show might include the Inquisitorious. Hey, I'm all about some Inquisitors being in the in the Obi-Wan show. Could be very, very interesting. 
Uh, we did get a Rogue Squadron writer announcement. Matthew Robinson has been hired to work on a script for the Spacefaring pilot feature. His latest project was uh, Dylan O'Brien and Jessica Henwick's Love and Monsters. He also wrote Paramount's live-action Dora and the Lost City of Gold adaptation, which I've not seen. And prior to that, his uh, notable work was co-writing and co-directing The Invention of Lying alongside Ricky Gervais, which I think I saw that, but I don't have any memory of it. Uh, Patty Jenkins also teased that the previous Rogue Squadron material, like the games and books, will inspire slash influence the film, which will be set in a new timeline, which is good news. And we'll find out sooner rather than later how good that is when it comes out December, I believe, 2023. Uh, but it might be 2022, but I want to say 2023. I'm not going to look it up because it's Firehose News, like I said. Mark Hamill did opine on social media to just say no to Luke Dismemberment merch. And I even saw something where somebody sent him the... Uh, where your kid can sleep in a tauntaun sleeping bag where in fact when you open it up it does look like his guts and uh it, it does seem like uh you know uh body disfigurement and animal abuse are not things that uh that mark hamill wants to openly endorse on his social media and i cannot blame him he has a lot of followers the coolest news from firehouse news for star wars the smithsonian national air and space museum is adding poe dameron's x-wing somehow i missed this news when it dropped on may the 4th but the history nerd and Air Force veteran in me rejoices at this nerd stuff I love being added to a grand exhibition of air power. wonder how many Star Trek fans are boiling inside that Star Wars is being highlighted for its ability to inspire young Padawans into the air and aerospace. But like they said in the press release, outer space is a setting for exploration and adventure. And this news just rocks. Really, really cool. And uh, the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum is on my bucket list of things I want to do. I've been to D.C. several times, and that's a museum I have not been to yet. Uh, the last time I went, I just had to make some decisions, and we did not go to that one because it's the furthest away from the mall. So, and when I say the mall, I don't mean, you know, where there's an Abercrombie and Fitch. I mean where there's other memorials in D.C., like the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Memorial and the, the Vietnam Wall and the, the Korean Veterans, you know, memorial. <laughs> that mall. <laughs> I don't know why I had to explain it. Probably didn't. I apologize. Not trying to wookie-splain you. But yeah, really cool. I, I cannot wait someday when I go. And hopefully the next wing is still on loan from Lucasfilm to the Smithsonian. Good news. That's all the Star Wars stuff, so we'll move over to Flavor of the Geek. Any of the geeky news, any of the geeky flavors I think are worth pointing out. Uh, we did find out WandaVision changed its end credit scene on Disney+. And then it sparked all sorts of people talking about the spectral form gliding down the mountainside. And there's more trees and less birds. And the additional Michael Giacchino's Doctor Strange theme, it is credited in the credits. Uh, I did watch a really good video showing that the spectral form is actually an artifact from a window glare that was fixed. But uh, when they fixed it, they fixed it for like all the frames. So it creates that weird thing that people saw. Uh, but the rest is indeed different. Uh, and the, the guy on the interweb did talk about how the shot is very Sam Raimi-esque, a la the zoom shots in Evil Dead that go through buildings. So that makes me excited. And, and honestly, I did not notice at the end of it, Wanda does look up at whatever zooms in the cabin, which I had not noticed before. So yay for what is potentially just a scene from Dr. Satmom, directed by Sam Raimi, put at the end of WandaVision. Really, really cool. Uh, there is news that Benedict Cumberbatch is rumored for the D&D movie. Uh, it's being filmed in England. That's where he lives. Uh, so, yeah, makes sense. Who knows? Uh, apparently did some voice work for a D&D &D thing. So, hey, 
uh, he's connected to that universe. A lot of people love it, including my friends. So good news. I will wait for more information or potentially a trailer for that D&D movie before having a real opinion. J.K. Simmons was interviewed and said that Sam Raimi films were the big highlights of my career and my life. Quote, the big highlights of my career and my life. End quote. Calls Raimi one of his favorite directors and human beings. And that's really, really neat. I, uh, I enjoy the Sam Raimi films, even Spider-Man 3, although it's not as good as the first two. Uh, and I'm excited to see what Sam Raimi brings to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. There are some Flash movie set photos which show the old Michael Keaton, uh, goofy Ezra Miller with a ring, presumably a Flash ring that has a costume inside, and then a Supergirl suit, which lots of people got crazy. They're like, oh, the abs don't look like that. And people were like, it's obviously like harness showing through the thing. There's going to be some CGI. And the suit looks different, but it looks comic accurate. So, fuck, I don't care. I don't care. Not a rant. Sorry, Danny. But I'm just like, oh... People get so mad on the internet, and I'm like, okay, and most of the time I get mad at the internet is to get mad at the people getting mad at the internet. <laughs> so there you go. It's just a Wookiee yelling at geek clouds once more. If you did not hear the news, sort of intimated it when I was talking about Harrison Ford with Carrie Fisher, but he did get injured on the set of Indy 5. Uh, it was a shoulder injury in, in rehearsal for a fight scene, not even actually in filming in the fight scene. Happened on uh, July 29th, uh, or July 29th, 2022, is when Indy comes out, Indy 5. So, you know, Harrison Ford, he's 78 years young. He's not a spring chicken anymore, and uh, he did get injured famously on the set of uh, The Force Awakens. So, you know, that just be careful. Don't break him. Allow allow him to be alive and to film this. So we don't we don't need any, uh, you know, Brandon Lee Crow situation going on here. Please, please and thank you. Uh, treat him well and uh, I guess that just means he's going for it you know what I mean he's going for it as best he could and he went for it a little too hard and he got injured but um, you know hopefully hopefully he heals and is able to do all the action that a 78 year old man can do (laughs) George R. R. Martin did admit he laments falling behind the Game of Thrones books Uh, he does promise that when he finishes his books if he ever finishes books of course it will have his ending not the HBO ending uh, you know, he sort of talked about it. Like, when the show started, he, he had a head start. He was, like, four books working on the fifth. And uh, then they they got way ahead of him. His writing was slow. He works on other things. And uh, now he's behind. And, you know, okay. But hopefully he uses that lament to at least finish it. Because uh, I get some serious vibes when people thought that, like, Stephen King's Dark Tower was never going to finish. And then he got in that big accident. And everybody was like, oh, no. We won't know what happens to Roland. And uh, I guess you don't have to worry about that if you have the the Game of Thrones stuff because you got to see the HBO things. Even if it's not George R. R. Martin's ending, it is a ending. <laughs> Actually, uh, somewhere in the future, I might be watching uh, Game of Thrones with my beloved Heather. I discovered that that's a show she's never saw it. I had to explain the the calling someone a sweet summer child to her, and she was like, "Oh, that sounds interesting." So. Maybe somewhere in the future I'll, I'll get to rewatch the Game of Thrones with my beautiful Heather, although we have lots more uh, television shows that we're watching together. One of the reasons I'm so behind, I'm watching, well, not Supergirl, we're caught up on that because there's a break, but you know, Superman and Lois and Batwoman and The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow is because I'm watching all those shows with my beautiful wife. Not cheating on her, watching them without her. Uh, we also watch Loki together. Uh, the only show that I watch without her is The Bad Batch. You know, she she saw me watching it the other day and was doing some some household chore stuff and was just like, ah, Joe and his silly little Star Wars thing. In fact, there was one night I was like, the new episode came out. I know you're going to bed, but do you mind if I watch it? She's like, okay. And she's like, oh, that was fast. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're like only 25 minutes. So it's <laughs> so one thing she doesn't watch. But uh, 
if we finish this, there's uh, one or two other shows that we wanted to watch together, and then maybe, since uh, we have the Hibbo Max, we'll watch uh, the Game of Thrones together, and I'll be very interested when she gets to the end of Season 3. <laughs> I just uh, actually have a coworker that's watching them with uh, their significant other, and uh, I was like, oh, have you gotten to the end of Season 3 yet? They're like, no, I can't wait. And I'm like, oh, it's so evil. <laughs> other news is that uh, David Harbour did tease that Stranger Things Season 4 will expand the universe and potentially set up the end of the series, although the series will not end with Season 4. The Duffer Brothers have said explicitly that there will be more, whether it's uh, just Year 5 or whether it goes on beyond that. But apparently they'll be setting up some stuff, which will bring the series to a close. Uh, And then Jodie Whittaker might be done with Doctor Who after Season 13. Uh, She did say, quote, to even question an endpoint would be too upsetting, end quote. Most Doctors leave after three seasons in the modern iterations. Uh, the truth is no one knows. BBC is keeping mom. I mean, they, apparently they got mad when a companion for uh, the Doctor, who is Liverpudlian, broke the news that their character was also from the town of the Beatles. So they, they didn't like that. So they're, they're very, very tight-lipped. And we shall see how long the female iteration of the Doctor lasts. So there you go. But season 13 is the third season for the, that Doctor. Uh, I have not. I, I haven't seen any of it, any of the stuff with her. Not because I have any any issues with a female doctor. Uh, as much as I like Peter Capaldi and his version, I only saw like the first four episodes, four or five episodes of uh, his iterations of the Doctor, and that's that's something I might go back to at some point in my life. But for now, I'm behind, and I, I never became a big Whovian like other people. But I do tangentially know some stuff about that universe. AMC is doing an eight-episode interview with the Vampire series. Hey, I uh, those books I adored them when I was kids. I've I've so much uh, so much for everything going on with the Vampire Lestat, and then you know stuff that goes on with the witches. I I really really enjoy that. So cool. I I like the AMC is getting on board, and maybe their interview with the Vampire series will be their next you know Walking Dead or big hit. And one can only hope, and that it's done well. I'm excited for it. That'll definitely be a show that I will be watching. That's how vampires actually are versus the glitter kind, which keeps showing up every time I turn on. I think it's Freeform that I keep turning on, and they keep showing the Twilight movies. And I'm like, no, watch them with my kid. One and done. No, not watching anymore. Turning off this sad, sad glitter vampire movie. Uh, Kevin Feige did confirm that the Fantastic Four, directed by John Watts, will be the last film in Phase 4. It just means there'll be more phases. But apparently whatever they're doing for Phase 4 will culminate in what goes on with Fantastic Four. So cool. There we go. I like what John Watts has done with the Spider-Man films. I'm very curious to see what he does with Fantastic Four. And hopefully we finally get a good Fantastic Four movie. You know, although I don't hate those original two. Yes, yes, they're they're in that Sam Raimi, Spider-Man, original X-Men, Fox Universe, you know, Daredevil and all that jazz. So they, they just are what they are. You know, but I got I got Silver Surfer. I enjoyed what they what some of what they did with Silver Surfer and the Rise of the Silver Surfer movie. So uh, hopefully it's better than all those, and uh, hopefully for the love of Murgatroyd, better than that that remake that they did because that was not enjoyable. I didn't like that one bit. Uh, the working title for Aquaman is Necris, and combined with a social media image from the director James Wan of An Icy World, people are speculating about Mongo as the villain. Wow, you want to talk about deep cut in Aquaman lore. Hey, Mongo, who really hates the surface dwellers. <laughs> but, you know, all those things do make sense if uh, if you're steeped in the lore of Aquaman. So, uh, there you go. I just am excited that Aquaman 2 is coming and that James Wan is sharing, you know, clapboards on icy worlds. <laughs> that, 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 
you know, Brosad and King of the Brosian 2 is filming. Hugh Jackman did post some Wolverine fan art and then a pic with Kevin Feige over a two-day span, which, of course, has led to folks talking about his Wolverine being in the MCU. <laughs> sure. Why not? Let's wait for an official news release. Uh, but, you know, Hugh Jackman, he, he does a lot of stuff on his social media. He is savvy, and uh, that does put him in the public eye and gets people talking, and good for him. I, I enjoyed what he, huge jacked man, as Blue likes to call him, brought to uh, Logan in uh, in the Fox X-Men universe. Even when movies weren't so great, he was something that I enjoyed. So there you have it. I, uh, I hope that they find a way to bring another actor in as Wolverine. I don't want it to be connected to the Fox universe. Uh, I think the closest connection we can have is what went down in WandaVision, uh, which isn't a isn't a spoiler, so to speak. I know we did a spoiler episode, but you know I sort of think you can listen to that if you want the spoilers. I don't need to talk so much about what goes down with uh, Peter and Wanda and the pseudo connection of the X Men universe, which really isn't a connection. And blah blah blah. Done. Firehose news. Let's move on. Uh, Black Widow. The last uh, little bit of news. It made $215 million in its first weekend, which seems weird to say because it's Sunday and I'm like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? They already know what it made today? I don't know how that works. But uh, the numbers that Disney dropped, 80 million, 80 million domestic, 78 million international, and 60 million streaming, which is interesting because Disney does not usually talk about how much money they're making on that, pay $30 and and watch the film. But yeah. That, that's a lot of moolah. I did the math for you if you're interested. You know, if you take $60 million and divide it by the $30, that's 2 million people that paid to watch Black, Black Widow at home. And then, you know, I don't, I don't know what the math is for, like, the ticket prices and whatever. But uh, that, that's really, really exceptional. $215 million, And it, it's the first film to exceed $100 million domestically since the start of the pandemic. I'm sure they're including that, you know, 80 and uh, 60 together for 140 million but that is the highest you know marvel has done after black panther's 202 million in three days and captain marvel's 153.4 million like it's it's right up there in those high numbers like the third best domestically in its opening weekend and then apparently also beat the number of watches set by falcon and the winter soldier on on the disney plus that's all people that paid to watch it you know what i mean like that's really crazy exceptional, which makes you wonder, like, how these uh, Disney things are going to work. You know, whether they're going to keep, you know, they've got the Jungle Cruise coming out where you pay $30. And, you know, a lot of people have said that's going to end. But I don't I don't see it ending as long as they're making that sort of money uh, for their for their films. And uh, good for it. I'm, I'm excited to see what the drop-off is after a week. But they're they're making money, and it's, it's nice to see the, you know, the theater business healing. 80 domestics, nothing to sneeze at. It's... By no means, you know, the numbers of Infinity War, Endgame, or other flicks. But, yeah, like, when you're when you're coming close to, like, what Black Panther and Captain Marvel did in its opening weekend, it's nothing to sneeze at. And good for Black Widow, because it was a really, really enjoyable movie. And that's all the news. Uh, this podcast has been going on for for over an hour. I did pretty good, like, keeping the, the fire hose news under 20 minutes. I'm proud of myself for that. I, I've seen a lot of things. But uh, I'm not going to talk about it here. I have seen Black Widow. I do plan on seeing Tomorrow War really, really soon. And I, I've watched some other shows. But what I what I sort of have planned is either this week or next week, you're going to get a bonus ode. Where I can actually, like, instead of just having brief thoughts, like, talk about, like, what I've thought about 
shows that I've watched up to this point. It gives me a little bit of time to catch up with some of those shows with my beloved Heather since I'm, I've been on night shifts for like the past, like, well, for the past week and then my dad was dead so I didn't do much stuff. Uh, but it's not looking for sympathy, it's just stating facts. But uh, switching the day shift and have some more time to watch some shows, I'll be a little less tired. We'll have to wake up early so we'll see how it all works out. But I do plan on doing some sort of bonus episode where I can talk more about films or maybe when Loki finishes and me and Denny and Blue can have a big old like Loki Black Widow like spoiler episode or something in the future but uh there is a bonus episode coming just so I can talk about those things talk about some books I read uh and just you know talk about some other content than just the news but that's all the news fit to print for uh the past three weeks and I hope you enjoyed it really appreciate you joining the podcast the podcast the podcast to listen to all of it uh you know, in, in the really, really smart words of Miles Morales' dad, just remember, you know, with great ability comes great accountability. And, uh, yeah, be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. Do all the things. Go to laughitupfuzzballpodcast at gmail.com if you want to send an email. Uh, if you want merchandise to support the podcast, tpublic.com slash user slash laugh dash it dash up dash fuzzball. All of the, wherever you listen to the podcast at all, has its home at anchor.fm slash laugh dash it dash up dash fuzzball if you want to contribute to the podcast there's a button there where you can do that i don't really like plug that all so much but if you're interested feel free i i would not say say no to some support but it's it's not necessary i enjoy the the free podcast format up to a certain point (laughs) but buy some merchandise if you really want to support the podcast that at least lets me know there's people wearing silly shirts with my face or the funny things of my friends on it and that that brings me joy in fact i'm wearing my uh one of two it wasn't justice league bad but it wasn't justice league good shirts me and the the creator of the word bubble roman have the only two that ever existed <laughs> now it's uh it wasn't copyright infringement good but it wasn't copyright infringement bad or switch bad and good whatever it exists it just doesn't say the justice league because that's a trademark and wb was not happy about the shirt and they said no more and i didn't fight it because i'm just free podcaster <laughs> uh even if it wasn't a free podcaster i don't think i would have fought it heard of other podcasts having stuff pulled by disney or wb or whatever t public is not the wild west that it once was but uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Hopefully there was some new geeky news for you. Really, Oh, I didn't know about that. I know Blue likes these because their news catch-ups keeps him up to date on all the stuff. No, not everybody is a member of the Laugh at a Fuzzballs Facebook group. Plug, plug, plug. But why not? If you're on the Book of Faces, just join. It's awesome. Add your friends. Uh, there's 630 plus people on there. Lots of news that gets dropped. And it's a really, really a little fun community to be on. Comment, share, cuss, comment, discuss. All that good stuff. And uh, I think that's all thing at Wookie Ride on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, this is me signing off, just saying thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the podcast. Until then, TTFN Joe the Wookie Riot out.